Welcome back to the Sports Medicine Orthopod, a show about the world of sports medicine and the people who inhabit it. My name is Anthony Yu. We have a special guest in the house. To his community in Fresno, California, he's known as Mr. Jonathan Clark, a high school teacher and track coach. But to the world, he's known as Jay Clark the Jumper, a professional slam dunk superstar. Jay Clark, welcome to the show. Um, and happy to be here. Thank you for um, hosting me. You know. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Um, Super thrilled. Uh, I wanted to start off with, you know, I think a lot of people have heard your story. Um, the basics, at least, that you're a high school teacher, but you're also a professional slam dunk superstar, phenom, like I mentioned. But I think what people might be surprised to know is that y you actually were a track star. It wasn't a bat. You weren't a basketball star in high school or college. You were actually a track star, all American level at UCLA. So how did that come about? Um, so... Um, like anybody else, when, when I was a little kid, you know, you have dreams of going to the NBA. Um, and just like a lot of people, you know, I was, I was vertically challenged. Uh, entering high school, I was 5'4", 99 pounds. So, you know, when trying out for a, for the team, and, and it's so funny now being on the, the other end of the spectrum, because yeah. every high school kid comes up to me and says, I want to try out for the basketball team. And I, you know, you see that kid and it's like, ah, you know, it, it, it's tough. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, my um, my basketball dreams were shot down really early on. Uh, my freshman sophomore year, I was cut from the basketball team, and uh, my freshman year, I, I competed on the track and field team, and it was more so just to kind of stay in shape. I wanted to, you know, get get ready for the next season, get ready to try out for basketball. When I got cut again, I kind of took that, um, I guess, pain, frustration. And I just kind of transferred it over to track and field. And I said, you know what, this is going to be my sport. This is what I'm going to focus on. And I ended up falling in love with the sport, um, breaking two school records, winning a state title, earning a scholarship to UCLA. And kind of from there, I just kind of created my own path and, you know, really fell in love with another sport and, you know, let it take me as far as I could uh, go with it. Yeah, you are a basketball lover to begin with, right? From South Central, yeah. you grew up grew up a Lakers fan, correct? Definitely, all the way. Still, still, still bleed. <laughs> still, yeah. <laughs> still bleed in the purple and gold. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when when did you realize that you could that you could jump that you could jump out the gym? Um, you know, I I've, I've always had um an ability to jump. I've always enjoyed jumping. I I've loved to jump, and and I was kind of good at it I think you know my sophomore year I definitely started to kind of hone in on my skills and really start to take it serious and probably summer of my junior year going into my senior year that was kind of when I started to kind of realize like oh I'm you know at a different level I, I still kind of played basketball for fun and I was able to dunk and nothing nothing too crazy I think I could do like a 360 in a windmill um, but I didn't take any. Um, All right, that that sounds crazy, man. You're a high schooler <laughs> throwing down a 360. <laughs> uh, to the, to the rest of the humans, that sounds crazy. <laughs> uh, so, like, I, I, I always had the jumping ability. I think when I um, was finished with track and field, so in 2012, I went to the Olympic trials and uh, was training in hopes of making the Olympic team. And uh, unfortunately, I didn't make the team. But, you know, um, I saw it as far as I could, I could see professional track and, and, and did that. So I was done. I got a full-time job, and I didn't really know what to do. I thought I was done with sports. And I started, you know, I just picked up a basketball again for fun. 
and uh, there was a hoop out by my house, and the first thing I started doing was dunking. Like, unlike anybody else that would pick up a basketball, they'd start getting shots up. Like, I just started dunking. I just <laughs> wanted to jump and dunk a basketball. And yeah. um, within, like, a week or two of doing that, I got a between-the-legs dunk, which was something I've never done before, and it was one of the, the big, big goals that I wanted to do. I wanted to do a between-the-legs dunk. And the second I did it, like, I kind of knew I was going to get back into sports. I kind of knew I was going to – you know, jump into something. So I ended up, uh, at the time I was, uh, it's funny, I lived in Fresno um, with my first full-time job. And I ended up coming back to LA um, to, I thought at the time that was the sign to start running track again. So I started actually training for track and I got a gym membership at LA Fitness just because I was working um, and I had to lift really late at night. So I would go into LA Fitness to lift, but there was a basketball court and, you know, I'd already been dunking. So I'd go in there, pop in, occasionally play uh, pickup for warm up. And slowly but surely, that, that warm up pickup session kind of became the workout. And uh, after the games, I would do dunks. And then slowly but surely, those dunks became the only thing that I came into the gym to do. So, like on a random Friday um, afternoon, I had track practice later that day. I, I went into LA Fitness. I was dunking for like two hours, and I was mad that I had to leave. Uh, my dunk session to go to track practice, which I decided I wanted to do. And um, at that point, I kind of realized as I was driving um, from LA Fitness to UCLA um, that this dunking thing was something serious because I was upset that I had to go to practice and it got in the way of what I was trying to do. So um, from that point on, I kind of, you know, really kind of honed in on the dunk training and and, yeah. set, and I kind of just found I found the dunk community and, and you know I haven't looked back I've you know I've been able to travel the world and um, do a lot of amazing things because of that. So, what what were these guys you're playing at LA Fitness thinking? Like you play two hours of pickup and then you're like, okay, I'm about to do you know two hours of dunks here. What, were they just like shocked as to what was going on? Um, it was it was uh, actually pretty supportive. The guys that would. Um, the regulars, at least, they got to see the process of me working on, you know, developing my, my dunk package and learning dunks. Um, because at that time, especially 2013, 2014-ish, when I, when I really started this dunk thing, like, I, I didn't have a big package. I didn't do – so it was like everything was, like, brand new. Everything was, like, raw and, you know, if I – I remember I was working on trying to uh, get my first double up, which is a between the legs dunk over somebody. And a lot of times they'd be there like, oh yeah, I'll hold it for you. And, you know, and, and you got this, you got this. I've yeah. <laughs> a bunch of times when they're there, they're, they, they felt like they were a part of the process. So I yeah. mean, um, it, it, it was kind of awesome to have that, that sense of community um, locally uh, to, to, you know, kind of pursue my own ambitions. Sure. Sure. And you know, you kind of mentioned it. you had a setback in high school trying to make the basketball team and not making the Olympic trials. And, you know, for the audience, I mentioned at the top, you know, slouch when it comes to track. I mean, not only were you on scholarship at UCLA, but you were a two-time All-American. So it's not like you're just some guy off the street who just showed up to Oregon at the Olympic trials. But how how much did you use those, you know, what I think most people would consider to be minor setbacks, but for you, a a high-level athlete, um, th- that was probably hard to deal with at those times. How much of that demotivated you to kind of 
you know, really get into to this dunking thing full force? Um, I think for me, it was kind of being really flexible in my process to achieve my goals because my goals are pretty open-ended, if you will. Like I wanted to travel the world. I wanted to be a professional athlete. Um, at first I thought it was going to be through basketball. And when I was in high school, you know, when that was kind of shattered, it was like, okay, you know, track could be the, the avenue. And like, I enjoy, I enjoy track and field. Track is not a sport where, you know, you, you do track to, you know, financially secure yourself and your family. I, I truly, I truly love track and field. So it was like, I was, I was all in with that. And then, um, when the dunking thing kind of came in, um, it was kind of just, you know, the next step. And, um, I, I wasn't doing it for the, you know, I want to be this super rich person, but, you know, I started getting paid to, you know, travel and compete. Yeah. And I kind of like that. So I think, I think for me, like looking at the failures, failure has always been kind of a prerequisite to success. Um, and as weird as that sounds like failure is like, you know, one of the main ingredients in success. So if you're, you know, trying to do something and you're not failing, you're probably not where you need to be to get to that level. You're going to always have some sort of setback. Um, and for me, it was just kind of like, I've had those setbacks and it was like, oh, okay, no, it's, it, you know, it's, it's all good. It's part of the, part of the process. I, I'm, right. I'm moving along to, to whatever I need to. And, and in a way that kind of keeps me, you know, level-headed and kind of keeps me able to kind of push through any adversity that, that I challenge, that, that's, that I'm challenged with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned this is kind of early, mid, uh, 20 teens. You start getting paid for these dunk competitions. What, what was that like in the early going? Were these very <laughs> organized events or I'm sure it's come a long way over the last decade, but what was that like when you were first getting into that? Oh, uh, definitely. The first, the first couple contests, I mean, the first two contests that I did, were in the same weekend and both of them were um phone calls like our the first the first dunk contest was like eight hours before the contest it was like yeah. hey there's an extra spot <laughs> there's an extra spot you know do you want to you want to do this dunk contest and i was like yeah dunk contest i'm down like I, yeah I and then the next you know like next one you know kind of down the line i remember i was working for um to kind of pay the bills, if you will, I was working for a company where I, I trained and coached kids. And one of the side gigs was babysitting. So like you could have your coach that, you know, does your drills with you babysitting yeah. for, for the night, which is kind of a sweet, sweet deal. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm babysitting and I got a text message like, hey, uh, there's there's a dunk contest tomorrow at three o'clock. Can you make it? And it's like, yeah. oh, yeah, I'm. I'm so I'm like, I'm doing these odd jobs and I get a random text message and it's like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm there. I'll yeah. pull to the dunk contest. So it was, it was kind of, initially it was kind of like, you know, they throw you in. I remember there was a company um, that was, uh, there was a sock company and they were giving away socks to all the pro dunkers because they wanted them to like promote their brand. Yeah, sure. They somehow, sure, they somehow sure. skipped, they somehow skipped me. Um, so they gave, they're giving all the, all the stuff to the cool <laughs> dunkers. And it's like, I wasn't, I wasn't there yet. So it's kind of funny that, that, you know, thinking about that now. Um, and then like a year later, you know, I got my first official like email where it was like, Hey, we want to fly you to Vegas. This is what will pay you to show up. Um, and it was like, Oh wow. Like this is, you know, this is cool. Like I got to Vegas and I was like, Oh, I'm a professional dunker now. Cause I'm getting yeah. paid to do what, 
to do this. And, you know, from there, just opportunities kind of kept rolling in. You know, they, they, they were still small, uh, but the, the appearance fee started to grow and grow and grow. And now it's kind of, it's, it's a really cool thing. Um, and also just, it's nice having a full-time job to fall back on because I can actually say no to things. Yeah. And like have a job still. So it's not like I, like someone offers me $25 for this dunk thing. I, I, I have to take it because I'm trying to, you know, make a living. It's like, if someone offers me something and it's like, I really don't want to do it, you know, yeah. I'm sorry, I can't do it. Um, and I'm okay with that, you know? So, um, yeah, it's been, it's been, um, a process, but I, I'm really in a great spot. I'm blessed to be where I'm at and, uh, you know, going to keep, you know, enjoying it as long as I can. Yeah. <laughs> were, were you, were you always thinking in the back of your mind, you were going to get into education? What, what motivated you to become a teacher? Um, so initially when I, um, finished, uh, college and I kind of was doing the, the track thing. So when I went to, um, in 2012, when I graduated, I was going through, uh, training for the trials. I was actually a, a volunteer assistant coach at UCLA. Okay. Um, and I wanted to get into coaching. I wanted to be a professional, um, or a collegiate coach. And, uh, after the trials, I kind of went and got a full-time job. And then when I came back to train, I, I uh, accepted the VAC again. So I did two years of uh, volunteer assistant coaching at UCLA. And I decided like, okay, for a career, I'm going to coach. I'll be able to still travel. I can kind of stay involved in sports. Like this is what I want to do. So um, coincidentally, FPU uh, had an online program that allowed me to travel and still pursue my master's degree in kinesiology they had three uh -huh. emphasis uh the first one was coaching the next one was uh physical education and i forget the third one but um i initially wanted to go in uh for coaching and um at while all of this is happening there was a tryout for the harlem globetrotters i made the harlem globetrotters um tore my ACL, recovered from that. And we'll get into that. Yeah. But, yeah. So, I, so like when I was, so I, I started school and I started the team at the same time. So I'm on the road and I'm doing assignments and, and doing things. And, um, I finished my year with the Globetrotters. Um, it was time to kind of renew my contract and, and I didn't like, you know, where I was at. So I kind of like played hardball that backfired. Uh, so uh, my, my time with the Globetrotters is very like, short-lived. <laughs> so I needed, I needed a job. And um, getting, getting a substitute teaching, uh, uh, becoming a substitute teacher was kind of like the easiest thing to do. Um, yeah. And it gave me flexibility to kind of figure out what I wanted to do. So I, initially, I was like, all right, I'll become a sub because I can do that whenever I need to and I can train whenever I need to. Like, this works out perfectly. And the first day I stepped onto a high school campus, I, I was kind of hooked. By lunch, I, I went to the, the parking lot. I called my wife. I was like, yeah, I think I'm going a, I'm to a be a high school teacher. Yeah. And I'm a coach track. And, you know, I you know got my emphasis, switched to uh, physical education. And the second I graduated from FPU, I actually enrolled myself in Fresno State to get my teaching credential and yeah. uh, kind of didn't look back. Yeah. And you, you are new to this job at Bullard High, but yes. previously you were teaching science, uh, kind of wait, waiting for a PE job to, to open up because that was kind of your thing. But uh, there's a lot of great videos of, of you at the, at the middle school level. Um, 
put, putting on shows for the kids. Like, wh what is that like? You know, you're the teacher, you're an authority figure. I mean, you're a science teacher, like middle yeah. school science teacher. So like, that's legit. Um, <laughs> but at the same time you are, and we'll get into kind of your social media stardom, but you are a, you know, sort of known figure, um, a celebrity of sorts. What is that like balancing that, especially, you know, with, with your students? Yeah. So at first it was, I wouldn't say tough. I would, I would it was probably self-proclaimed tough because yeah. I was adamant about keeping them separate. And I didn't like when kids, you know, referred to me as Jay Clark, the jumper. Yeah. I, wanted, I, I really wanted to earn that respect as a teacher because I worked hard to get to For sure. that level. You're like, Hey, um, that's Mr. Jay Clark, the jumper. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it was, it was, it was tough at first, but then I think, as I became more comfortable being a teacher, like I was more comfortable letting my personality show in the classroom. Yeah. And I had more success with that because I could get kids to buy in um, with the things I cared about. But then when it was like, all right, you guys, it's time to buckle in, you know, this, this is important to me as well. They, you know, I got, I got a little bit more trust. So it was, it was, it was a struggle at first because I, I made it harder than it needed to be. Um, but I think at the end of the day, you know, once I kind of let my personality shine and, and kind of brought the things that they wanted to see anyway into the classroom and made it a lot cooler. So, um, you know, once, once the hoop came out, they definitely enjoyed that and, and it got kids fired up to come into class on time It got them fired up to listen because if they got their work done, then we could, you know, get on the hoop. So. Yeah, students would definitely they were a little bit more motivated to to get their work done to see sure. see something fun. You ever like threaten a problem child like, hey, shape up or I'm going to dunk on you and then I'm going to put uh, it on. Then I'm going to put it on Instagram. <laughs> you know, it, it's funny. One of one of the videos that that ended up going viral, um, the Dunkademics video where I dunked on the kid twice. So that was at a conference um, every year. Uh, Clovis North puts on. A middle school conference for African-American students and this kid came in and before we before we do the dunking and all the, the cool stuff that I that I do at lunch um, there's a, uh, a panel and um, like professionals sit on the panel and kids can go talk to respective uh, careers uh, and this kid you know they, they come in and it's like they know who I am. So they go yeah. in and it's like, they don't want to sit and hear the teacher spiel. No one cares about, you know, yeah. like the teacher, like they want to go to the, the cop, the firefighter yeah. and the professional dunker. Exactly. So the, kid, the kid comes in, the kid comes in like from the start, like, Oh man, you're not going to dunk on me. Oh, and he, uh. he was jawing the whole time. And I was like, all right, man. Like I'm gonna see you at like, I'm gonna see you at lunch. Yeah. It's like those, those kids, those kids. I don't feel as bad. Um, yeah. It's like all right, I'll, I'll I'll see you at lunch, and I I for sure saw him at lunch, and yeah. and we had a good time. One another one was one of my students uh, because Clovis North is uh, Granite Ridge Intermediate and Clovis North High School on the same campus. Right. Um, at lunch, a lot of my former students will come back on the Granite Ridge side to hang out in my classroom so one of the kids he was a he was a, he was a uh, troublemaker when he was in eighth grade <laughs> he came in at lunch and he just would not stop talking and it was yeah. like one of those like i was like i was having a day i was yeah. like, like tired i was a little irritated and he just wouldn't stop like acting crazy i was yeah. like you know what 
and you know what? I was like, yo, get under the rim for a second. Yeah. And then, <laughs> You're like, stand then, right yeah, there. There was, there was a couple of his friends there. And I was like, you guys, you guys can pull out your phones. I'm okay yeah. with it. I was like, that was, the, that was the first time I like went full speed on, yeah. on a kid. And it was, it was funny. Um, it was fun. And, you know, he wasn't hurt, so it was all good. But um, <laughs> Well, now you're entering the high school realm. So there's going to yeah. be countless victims for the future oh uh, so we've already, i've already started making a list there's a bunch of kids that just walk by like they like they don't know me like they right. i obviously assume they know who i am but they don't know yeah. me so it's like it's just like oh yeah you can't dunk on me i'm gonna dunk on yeah. you it's like already i've like i've had five kids. I'm like, okay, all right first like, prep all right. that Josh, we have like, sam yeah, that, <laughs> yeah, <that'd> be... <laughs> so it, it should be fun and they're older so i, I don't feel as oh bad. yeah yeah, yeah. They, they, they could take some humiliation. Uh, <laughs> let's rewind a little bit. So you mentioned you tore your ACL. How and when did that happen? Um, so this happened, ah, this, this is all, this all happened. I want to say this was like 2015, 2016. Uh -huh. So I, I had probably a year, two at the most as a professional dunker. And I'm kind of yeah. like starting to get my bearing and I'm starting to get good at this thing and, and starting to figure it out. So I went to, um, a celebrity game in Venice Beach, and uh, not the best, not the best circumstances, not the best production. Um, so we, we were kind of like we we dunked. Uh, the dunk contest was supposed to ha happen after the game, so I was there just dunking in the game, just kind of kind of trying to stay loose. Um, and then I sat down for like a good thirty minutes, and then they did a, a dance performance. So I got cold and then we kind of like one of my friends got hurt. So he got, he like jumped out of the game. So I ran back in um, and I got a pass off the backboard and, and I could have just caught it and dunked it. But I was like, now I'm gonna go between the legs. So I jumped I, and it was a really good jump, but it just, I didn't spot my landing. Um, and I kind of came down, um, dislocated the, the leg, um, tore the, the ACL, tore the meniscus, sprained everything. Um, and unfortunately, I think I want to say it was like that week, the next week, I, I got the the phone call that that I made the Globetrotters because I tried out earlier. Jonathan, we lost you there for a second, but you were talking about the, the time you tore your ACL playing at the game in Venice Beach, and you had just gotten the call from the Globetrotters that you had made the team. Yeah, so they called me and um, – this was kind of all happening like really fast. So I, I, I remember going in to uh, see the doctor and um, I had a lot of, I had a lot of fluid buildup in the knee. Um, and he was like, we're going to draw some of the fluid out. Um, it's going to relieve some of the pressure. If there's blood, chances are there's a tear needle goes in as he starts to pull immediately there's blood. So it's kind of like, I'm starting to kind of, it's starting to settle in, but at, at initially I was like, Oh no, my, my, you know, it's just a sprain. My knee's yeah. okay. I, I, I've never been hurt. So I was like, oh, this, you know, maybe this, I'm just being a big baby. I, this, this is, you know, yeah, this is normal type thing. And then, you know, I sure. ended up getting the MRI and, and kind of getting the, the bad news. Um, yeah. So it, it was tough, but they asked me um, how long did they, did they think I needed to um, get back? And I didn't, I didn't know much of anything. So I like, Googled it. It said six months. I was like, I'll be back in six months. Yeah. Um, and they're like, all right, we'll give you six months to kind of recover. And yeah. um, once you're, once you're back, we'll, we'll get you out on the, uh, the court. So 
Um, yeah, and 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 like I worked really hard, and you know, as weird as it sounds, like six months to the day, I I was uh, in a Globe Charter uniform, competing and dunking and stuff. Yeah, and and I think we've talked about this offline, as you know now that that's a yeah. pretty aggressive timeline to get back. You oh, know, 1, like 1, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, from from our like side. If I if I, if I if, yeah, yeah, yeah. From our I, side, we're, we're, probably... yeah. Go ahead. Oh no, you go ahead. Sorry. No, 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 no. I, what I was gonna say is, from from our side, we're telling guys like you, six months is the earliest you'd be doing basketball type activity, but you wouldn't really be expecting to play, like get on the court and actually play or dunk a basketball for God's sake, until nine months at the minimum. And we can extrapolate that to, you know, our professional athletes, you know, Adrian Peterson, nine months, that's about as fast as you can come back, but you, you defied the odds and made six months happen. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think if I could go back and do everything all over again, I think, and I mean, I'm blessed that I didn't re-tear anything and, and didn't have any major hiccups on the, on the process back, but just kind of overall, the big thing that I think most people don't realize the the confidence level. So yeah. when I when I got back, I mean, obviously my leg was strong. I was I was strong before tearing the ACL. So I think that, sure. that definitely had a lot of help definitely, in definitely. my ability to come back. But just the confidence level of being able to plant on my foot or just coming down from a dunk, I wasn't fully there. Or like you know when we're um, running, like when when we're running the the globetrotter sets and plays. Um, there's a lot of spinning and cutting and, you know, I would on the right side or on the left side when I'm running and making that cut on my left leg, I'm, you know, I'm completely comfortable. I'm fine. And then when yeah. I have to come back to the, the other way, I slow down a lot. So, and, yeah. you know, for the Globetrotters to be the Globetrotters, it's very precise and, and hitting s spots at the right time. So the ball can, you know, go through as you're coming through. So if you're, if you're delayed, it throws everything off. So, um, I, I definitely felt like I, I should have waited a little bit longer. Um, and ultimately that's what kind of ended that season short anyway. So I was out on the road and then I ended up, you know, they ended up sending me home. They were like, Hey, we want you to get healthy. Um, we, we'll, we'll revisit you uh, and re reactivate you for next season. And yeah, unfortunately next season never happened, but um, yeah, yeah, it was, it was still a good experience. I really enjoyed being with the globe trotters it was it was a great for me from a dunking standpoint it was great training because i had to dunk every single day and it was kind yeah. of you know just you know trial by fire of getting back in shape in a weird way were, were you were you hesitant when you got back on the court oh 1000% i think um you know the first couple days i, I was kind of like you know, even, even like leaving the ground, like you still have that, that, that pain from, you know, tearing your ACL so fresh. It, it's, it's something I, I felt every single day and it, and it took me probably a uh, year and a half, two years before I yeah. felt confident to just jump and land without thinking about my knee. Um, yeah. Even before, like, even when like, you know, I made the year mark um, and I was, by then I was back competing um, and doing contests. I was still like very cognizant of like how my knee felt when I touched down or when I left the ground. Yeah. And this is 
super common. This is not unusual at all. We have really good data uh, in the football population, high school, college level football players, that a lot of these athletes, they won't go back to play, not because there's anything wrong with the knee. It's structurally is sound. It's psychologically, they are just afraid. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, it's just human nature. And, you know, mental health is a huge thing right now. And for sure, it plays a big role in terms of ACL recovery. And so it's great that you were able to push beyond that. And, you know, here you are still dunking and, you know, making TV appearances and that. Um, but that, that psychology is super common. Go, go back to like that, that process during that six months. Okay. So, okay. You, you know, you're thinking you're, you're at this Venice tournament, like this is okay, but I'm about to be on the globe trotters next day. You're like getting the news that your ACLs torn and this is all in jeopardy. Like what, what, what are you thinking? Was this pretty crushing? Yeah. So, I mean, at the, that, that whole week of kind of like, waiting to see if the sprain was a sprain or if it was a tear was, you know, it was funny. I think I, I probably bought like five or six different knee braces to find yeah. one that would like give yeah. me the magical cure. Yeah. Of like, okay. Once I put this one on, now yeah. and then, now I'm good. My, my knee is not on fire anymore. Um, right. And I think that was kind of, you know, you know, once everything set in and it's kind of funny um, psychologically, like my knee didn't hurt that much, but the day after I got the news that my, like it was officially torn and I knew it was torn. Like yeah. I woke up the next day in so much pain because I think yeah. I was kind of like trying to shield out that sure. this is this is like really like hurt. And I was like, yeah, it was hurt. So it was, it was devastating at first of like, okay, this is kind of setting in. Like you're not, you know, there's something especially from a psychological standpoint of being cut from basketball teams to finally yeah. making a team yeah. and making a professional team. It was sure. kind of, it was very like, I was nervous going to the tryout because, you know, my last two experiences trying out for a basketball team weren't the best. Yeah. So, you know, leaving, leaving um, New Jersey, that's where the, uh, we tried out. I yeah. left so confident that I, I did everything in my power to make the team. And I thought I, you know, I had a good shot. Um, so it was kind of like it was almost like getting cut again it was like devastating um yeah. but at the same time like once that was like once i processed that you know i sat and talked to the orthopedic surgeon and was like all right what are my options what is my plan um what is the likelihood of me coming back to play basketball and, and yeah. kind of doing doing that and um you know he sat down and kind of explained you know options you know certain graphs and um, we kind of made a decision and, uh, you know, from there, I just kind of had to, you know, laser focus in on doing everything I could to make sure that I'm getting back to the best shape that I can be. Yeah. For the nerds in the audience, what kind of graph did you have? Uh, patellar tendon. So, yeah. um, I, I think for him, the, the, he, you know, he talked about the three, three different graphs. So the, yeah. the hamstring, um, he told me was probably the fastest in recovery, um, the patellar tendon, he said, was probably going to be the strongest and sturdiest. Um, and he recommended that one for jumping and kind of what I did. He was like, you're, you're probably going to want to put something in there uh, that could uh, take care of the, the demands of your body. And then the, uh, is the allograft, is that what it's called? Yeah, for, cadaver. You know, yeah. The cadaver. So mm -hmm. he was saying um, that that's a great option. But he was like, sometimes the body doesn't take because it's not your – it's not your body. So um, I didn't like the idea of uh, of taking a cadaver and putting that into me. 
And I honestly, at first, liked the idea of the hamstring because I was like, I want to come back as fast as possible. Yeah. But um, talking to the doctor, you know, I, you know, I, I had to trust, I had to trust his judgment because yeah. you know, he went to school. I'm just, I'm just, you know, at this time, I'm just an athlete. So yeah. um, I was, you know. You know, I, I like to think I was a smart athlete and, and I would trust the judgment of my doctor. So, sure. um, and it yeah. worked, it's worked out, you know, I, I tore my ACL. I want to say I was 20, 24 maybe. And yeah. now I'm, I'm 32 and yeah. I've, uh, you know, won international contest. I've yeah. been able to travel the world. I mean, at 32, most guys don't jump the way I jump to begin with. So to do it with a torn ACL, um, is, is a blessing. So, yeah. 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 And you, you made the right choice. And we, we know a lot even more now than just the, those few years ago when you, I mean, in, in the grand scheme of things, it wasn't that long ago when you had your ACL. We could talk about ACL grass for like five hours, but long and the short of it is it's a question of durability. And patellar tendon has the best track record for durability, the lowest rate of retear. That is the choice for you. That's what Clay Thompson got. That's what Jamal Murray got. That's what Jay Clark the Jumper got. If you're four, if you're if you're 45 and playing golf on the weekends, then cadaver probably is going to be fine for you. But if you're a high level athlete like yourself, a patella tendon is, is the way to go. And even comparing that to the hamstring, it's got it's got a better track record for durability. The the rate of it re tearing is is lower. So that 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 was the right choice for you, and 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 it shows. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm yeah. Glad I yeah. Uh, la last thing on the ACL, and then we'll we'll, we'll uh, end, end that topic. But you know, it's a long recovery for for most people uh, who are not superhuman. You know, it's like a nine to twelve month recovery minimum to get back on the court. You did it in six months, but still, six months is a long time, especially when you're thinking about you know I got to get to the Globetrotters, this money on the line, this and that. I see patients. At, at the three month mark is where I could tell people are really struggling where they're just like, man, I got another three to six months of this. I can't believe it. And that's when a lot of people drop out. They stop going to therapy. They're just like, I'm done. You know what? How, how did you stay motivated and focused during that time? Um, you know, one of the big things that I tell people when, when cause I always get those questions from, you know, I tore my ACL, what should I do? The, the first thing I did was take it day to day. I think if you get caught up in the grand scheme of like, if at the three month mark, I thought about, man, I am only halfway there. Yeah. Just like anybody else, I would have quit because it was terrible. There yeah. were days, there were, you know, every day was different. There were days where I felt like, man, I am one day away from being back on the court. And then there was another day where it was like, man, this feels worse than when I tore my ACL. Um, yeah. Just stiffness. Um, the body is trying to respond to the stressors that you're putting on it while trying to heal itself. So it's just, it's, it's a very, very tough process. The first thing I, I did was just take it day to day, focused on the things that I could focus on. So, um, when I was in PT, um, typically there was a number, um, first thing we would do is kind of my wall slides and kind of met, bend the knee and see how far I, I could go. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was always just, you know, trying to get, you know, a couple of degrees better than I was the day before. Um, some days, you know, the best I could do was what I did the day before. Some days I was, you know, way worse than where I was, but it was, it was kind of, okay, it's okay. This is the best I can do for today. Um, and then, you know, the next thing was just kind of, um, you know, be like, just do everything in my power to 
make sure that I, I'm coming back. I think a lot of times when we, we get into recovery mode, you know you're supposed to, you know, ice, you know you're supposed to stay off of your feet, but sometimes it's like you want to get into like, oh man, I'm, I want to do this or, you know, yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to walk on these crutches anymore. It, it you know, it, it's cool. You get all the love for the first couple of weeks, but then after that, they really become a burden. You don't want to, like, yeah. I can make it to, I can make it to the kitchen. I don't need my crutches. For me, it was kind of, all right, I'm going to baby myself. I'm going to treat myself. Uh, you know, even if I was going to the bathroom and it was four steps away, I'm picking up the crutches and I'm staying off of my foot. Any chance I could stay off of my foot, yeah. I was off of my foot. Any chance I could ice, I, I, I would ice. Sure. Um, I fell in love with a couple of Netflix shows because, yeah. I, you know, I was really, I sat on the couch a lot and it was, it was, yeah. you know, it was tough. Uh, but the, the, once I got on top of the mental aspect of it and took it day to day, I, I noticed that I was starting to progress a lot faster than, you know, some of the other people that were in physical therapy doing their PT. And because of that, I noticed that it was like, okay, it reinforced like you're doing the right thing. Do all the all the little boring things that no one wants to do. They're really working. And you know, I was able to play like six months to the day because I did everything in my power to to get back to to uh, return to to play. I guess. Yeah, yeah, and you know, it, it it pays in the end. That's the thing we try to stress to the patients is you know, you get out of it what you put into it and. Definitely. Obviously, yeah, obviously you, you're reaping the rewards of the, the effort you put in at that time. Um, let's talk about some of these competitions because, you know, you're, um, you're sort of a brand name now in, in this professional dunk world. Um, you know, you were on Dunk King seasons one and two, which aired on TNT. Uh, what, what is that like going from, you know, these getting called? the day hours before a competition to now being on, you know, national TV, sh sharing the stage with probably one of, one of your idols, Shaquille O'Neal. That, that's gotta be thrilling. Yeah, it was, um, it's cool. I, I think, um, first I, I would say like, you see the, you see the backside of like the, the national TV stuff. It's not as cool as yeah. most people <laughs> would, would think it to be. Yeah. Um, I, I honestly, from a contest standpoint, hate, those contests more than like your just local you know dunk show at the park yeah um but i mean it, it's really cool to kind of look back occasionally like uh seeing like students that recognize you from oh you were the guy on tv like that's yeah. so cool like it's, yeah yeah it's, it's it's an awesome experience um but uh <laughs> it, it it's not as cool as i, I think everyone makes it out to be and it's, like, yeah. it's funny because like especially even with the social media side of stuff a lot of kids uh and high school students you know they look at that and it's like wow you have a blue check mark you must be so rich life should be so great and it's like ah, yeah. it's not, <laughs> i don't think it works like that um, yeah but it's 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 you know i'm honored i'm humbled and you know i i truly appreciate all the opportunities that i've gotten and you know look forward to, you know, many more opportunities if I can, if I can still keep training and uh, stay healthy. Yeah. Your, your rise to stardom has kind of paralleled the rise of social media. What, what was that like, you know, starting off kind of getting a following and then just watching it explode? Um, it was, it was that initially watching it grow was kind of cool. I think at the time, um, I just had a girlfriend um, who is now my wife, uh, the mother of my son. Yeah. Um, so I was, did, she, I was, was I, she impressed I, by your Instagram feed? No, not at all. <laughs> which is funny because like of all the people, she's like the least 
impressed by anything that I do. And yeah. like, if I want to give her a hard time, I, I like, I will mention things like, oh yeah, but I'm, I'm Jay Clark the Jump. I don't, I don't have to do the dishes today. I'm, I'm Jay Clark the Jump. Like, no, that doesn't, it, those, those things don't work. So, um, but when I was, as I was growing my, my channel initially, um, I was younger. I was, I was more caught up on that side of, of social media. Like, oh, I wanted to be famous. And get the cool opportunities be in the cool places with the cool people yeah and um like ironically when i kind of let that go that's when i noticed i had the biggest boom of my following yeah because i was like all right that stuff is cool but i'm gonna just focus on this teaching thing and when i became yeah. like a teacher it's like wow he, he teaches and he dunks yeah he does two things i got hundreds of thousands of followers and I was like, but i I'm the same exact person I did. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, it was, it was kind of funny in that sense. Um, but now like even like it's evolved even more because social media is such a business yeah. um, that like it kind of takes the like where people get on social media to have fun. It's like, all right, I have to get on social media. And it's like, all right, I have to look at analytics. Um, what is, you know, when, when's the best time to post, you know, I have to start planning out on the calendar. What am I going to post? What am I going to post if I'm doing, so back in the day, I would do a, a dunk session and my friend Billy would film everything. And I was like, Billy, send me all the cool dunks. And by the time he sent them all to me, I would post them right then and there and like not yeah. think of it. And now it's like, all right, I need that dunk for Wednesday. I need this one for Friday. I'm going to save this one two weeks from now because, you know, this works well with, you know, this uh, sporting event that's coming out. And it's just, yeah. so it's like, it's, it's, it's thinking about how to post, when to post, and just you know being aware of representation of like you know how I'm presenting myself on social media. Um, I I want to be as honest and authentic as possible, so it's like all right, you got to make sure you're not falling into the traps of you know gimmicky clickbait type stuff. So it's like yeah. it's been it's 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 been awesome, but then it's been like work and a burden at times. So, uh, sure. yeah. How, how do you learn that? Tell me, uh, cause I have no idea. We do something. I'm just like, uh, put it here, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think, I think it, it kind of comes from just being in the spaces where it's, uh, what content creators do. So dunking for the most part is entertainment. It's content mm -hmm. creation. As much as I believe I am a true athlete and like, yeah. I work and train my body, it's entertainment. Um, so it's like, a lot of times I'll do, I'll end up in celebrity basketball games with somebody who, um, you know, pies themselves in the face and does trick shots. And it's like, we like, initially I was kind of like upset because I was like, we're not the same level of athlete. Yeah. Like, why is this happening? But this person has like three million followers, and it's like yeah. they're really focused on creating their content. So you just right. kind of pick their, you pick their brain, and you figure out like, okay this is what you do. Oh, wow. Okay. So this yeah. is what you do. And so then you start to just copy and emulate some of that stuff. And, and for me, I, I try not to get too involved in that because yeah. I have the whole full-time job thing um, that, yeah. that, that takes a lot of my time, but I try to do as much as I can when I can um, and just kind of follow the same um, trends and algorithms and all that other good stuff. Yeah. You're like, this dude just has, I, I can jump and put the ball between my legs and dunk it. This guy just has an incredibly large stomach and he's got yeah. 3 million followers. Oh, definitely. <laughs> definitely, yeah. This guy can eat a lot of hot dogs. 
Uh, and you know, you, you mentioned it, you, you're married, you got a job, professional dunker, social media grind, you got a family. Yes. How do you, how do you balance it all? And, and, and you gotta, you gotta be able to stay in shape for, for yeah. the professional dunk circuit. Like how, how do you balance this all? Um, so it, it's, it's tough. Um, I think, um, even, even as, you know, I get older, it just gets harder and harder. Um, coaching full time, you know, wanting the best for my athletes, what being, being the person that I am, I don't do things with the expression, with the, expectation of not being the best or not putting my best foot forward. So I work really hard at everything that I do. Um, and it just means I don't have time to do certain things. So, um, occasionally like when I play video games with my friends, I'm always the worst one because <laughs> I don't have time to practice you know, yeah. <laughs> my, my ability to, to snipe somebody, a moving target. So, I don't, <laughs> you know, so it, it just, prioritizing the things that I want yeah um and just really trying to focus on you know I I really try to create a season so like I try to keep dunking during the summertime because I'm on summer vacation and I can focus more on dunking um and then when I start the school year just I've, I've done it too many times to know that I I don't do well training while I start so like try to end my season right as school starts. So that's what, so right now mm -hmm. I'm like in the off season, which is nice because I can eat whatever I want. I can, yeah. I can stay up late and it's not going to, I'm not going to stress out about, okay, I'm not getting enough sleep. Um, so it's like really trying to manage a calendar and just really trying to juggle those pieces together. Um, once, once I start getting comfortable with school, I'll start training again. And it's like focusing on like one or two things to start the, the season of my training. So it's like, all right, just get in shape, you know, don't, don't stress about, you know, doing, doing a particular task, like getting in shape and then just kind of planning out my training. Um, I've even reached out, uh, I, I get trained by, um, Chase and Tyler Ray. Um, and they, they own project pure athletes. So like, I kind of reached out to them and was like, I, I'm able to train myself, but I know that that's one less thing I don't have to focus on. And they are amazing they've written some great workouts for me and it's like, you know, keeping me in the best shape of my life. So it's like, I, I do that. And it's like, that's, you know, whatever's on the schedule, that's on the schedule. Um, if I have to train in the mornings, I will train in the mornings. If I have to train at night, I will train at night. I try to avoid training while I'm coaching because those are two separate things, even though yeah. there are times when I can, I can do both there the times that I can do both and it makes the most sense. I will. So I will mm -hmm. train with my athletes cause they enjoy when I train too. Sure. They like, they like seeing me uh, push myself as well. Um, but for the most part, I try to try to keep those separate. So it's like um, creating a plan and just, really kind of, you know, from week to week, day to day, just being flexible with like, so some days like, all right, I got to get this workout in the morning. Um, some days I have to get this workout at night and then just really focusing on, you know, when I'm in, in season or prepping to become in season. So like towards the end of the school year, yeah, that's where I really start to dial in on my nutrition, um, dial in on my sleep. Um, and then like when I'm in season, it's just kind of like, I, I don't have school, so I get to be a little bit of selfish. Um, and then just trying to stay, stay in the best shape throughout the year. So I don't have to like, get back into shape as well. I think that's kind of one of the sure. things like making it a lifestyle rather than like a, a chore. So it's like, I eat healthy because that's what I do. 
so it's like when when I have to eat really healthy, it's not like super painful yeah. to do. It's like okay, it's like all right, I you know, I'm giving up a little bit of bread or I'm giving up right. my French fries. It's not the end yeah. of the world um, thing. Yeah, it's not like you're going like seven days of Chick Fil A to just salads. And we, yeah. and, and we grass all of a sudden. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so let's talk about this last summer. Uh, how how many events did you did you attend? Did you participate in? Oh, so I ended up. It was funny because because we we uh, we talked um, since then. It was what Paris, yeah, Salt Lake City, Florida, New York. I yeah. think those were the. So I ended up going four different places this summer which is one i think it was probably one of the biggest summers that i've had yeah. as a dunker and when you consider that you know we just came off of a whole pandemic i think for sure like even more crazy that that yeah. i had i got so many opportunities um yeah and so yeah i remember you were telling me uh paris was a, a jordan sponsored event which has got to be pretty cool right you, yeah. you get some you get some gear at those oh, types yeah, of events Oh yeah, here we go. I can, I can pull them out. I'll, I'll show the. Uh, so we'll get the third one right here. They're all over the place. So I ended up walking away with. I think I had another pair of shoes. I, I can't find them, but so they gave us they gave us these. These were kind of like the performance shoe. Yeah. Um. And then we, I got another pair of like a, another performance. Uh, these are the 35s. And then they gave us one. So these were kind of like the cool, oh, the cool casual ones. The yeah. one, so, so these are, these are the K54. Um, and that's kind of particular to the brand, uh, yeah. the, the, uh, the tournament. And he has like the five, four on this one. So you can kind of see it. Yeah. Um, but the one, so they had like, they have a friends and family shoe. Um, that's super exclusive. Those are the ones that I said I wanted to get. Um, yeah. I actually didn't get them. I oh. asked for them. Oh yeah, <laughs> but I, I wasn't mad because like, like I, I I said I was gonna ask for them and I did. And yeah. as fast as I said, can I get those? They said no. <laughs> so I like, knew I knew it was no. kind of it's you know it's one of those things like I knew I wasn't gonna get them, but I was like yeah, I I had to at least ask for them, um, just in case they said. Sure. Um, but, but yeah, honestly to walk away with three pairs of shoes, um, and, uh, a Paris, you know, vacation. Yeah. It's not, it's not a bad. Yeah, absolutely. Bad and, and, and like they're, they're covering your travel. You're not, you know, Oh yeah. No, no. Look bu yeah. at this on your own and this is on their dime. Yeah. Everything's paid for, you know, they, they, they fly me out. Um, everywhere I went this summer, you know, everything was paid for um, yeah. all, all expenses paid. Um, yeah, so it's it's a really good it's it's nice. Yeah, talk about New York. What was that event? So New York was Dunk League season three. Um, Dunk League, which is probably one of the craziest contests ever. Season three, um, and I can't wait for it to come out. Is going to be one of the craziest. I I personally think when it does come out, it's gonna come. It's gonna be seen as the best dunk contest ever. Um, nine guys uh seven events some of the most oh, wow. amazing uh dunks that were done yeah. there was a lot of never before seen dunks a lot of just first time in dunk contest dunks done um so 
um, it's 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 always it's always an amazing experience to be a part of Dunk League, and um, no, I'm I'm just super excited. I, like I I think when you know this walks away, because Dunk League season two was one of the dunk uh, dunk contests that really like uh, catapulted me on uh-huh. social media, and I truly believe like season three is gonna take like all the guys that were on there to like the next next level. So it, it, it's uh I'm excited for it. I know you're sworn to secrecy. You can't tell us that how, how it turned out, but we'll, we'll stay tuned because I think you told me it's going to drop in November. Let, let me ask you this. So when you're in these competitions, I'm sure there's you know slight variations to, to the formats, but I think generally speaking, people understand just based on you know NBA All-Star game dunk contest, what, what, what a dunk contest entails. Yeah. Do, do you strategize like what dunks you're going to do? Like, okay, I got to hit him with something – flashy in the beginning but i, I gotta save my best for the end like you, you kind of think about that definitely i think i think um especially in the contest that i i've competed in and for some reason like when i started competing i've never been in contests that were i guess easier contests where it's like a lot of guys will start in a contest where it's like they can do dunks that no one else can do so they're yeah. going to win anyway and then yeah. they progress to harder and harder contests like the first couple contests I was in were, were like international champions and like the best of the best. So I was like, I've, I've had a lot of experience with that um, and kind of seeing how they did it. And I, I've, you know, played with, with all of those different styles um, for a big contest like that. You always have to be aware of like the end game. So it's like, yeah. you have to, you have to be smart. You can come out and hit crazy dunks early on, but it's like, you won't, you'll lose that wow factor in the end. So it's, it's, it's a show. Um, as much as it is a performance sure Um, just like i said it was the entertainment so it's like you have to be able to strategize you know this is a good enough dunk to get the crowd hyped up to start this is the appetizer if you will yeah like then i'm gonna go in and then i'm gonna hit them with uh you know the 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 full course meal and then right this you know this is the cherry on top this is the dessert dunk right um type thing so it's like you really got to think about that uh as you kind of prepare and 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 train for a contest how do you innovate to create new new dunks um a lot of times i think i start with so i'll start on like a low rim so i'll just lower the rim you know seven eight feet yeah and just kind of have fun and it's like all right what would be really cool to do and then you know i'm looking at uh, different sports, ice skating, gymnastics, parkour, karate. I just try to I try to look at any and everything that has like really cool athletic elements, and it's like, how can I throw this what I do into or what what someone else is doing into what I do, and, and make it work. And I think um, it, it's a process, and I think over time. And and the cool thing is now people always want to be a part of the process, so I I get yeah. You know, hundreds of DMs like, "Hey, you should try this. You should try to do a front flip over somebody, take the ball out of their hand, go between the legs three times, and then yeah. dunk it." And sometimes, sometimes the the ideas are actually like genuine and, and um, cool, and that, like there's some some that I've already thought of, and it's like, okay, yeah, that that's a great idea. I'm just trying to figure out how to make it make sense, and then right. or you know, because I, I think at the level that we're getting to now. It's dunking is going to continue to progress, but it's going to get more and more dangerous in terms of like yeah. the the level of like what we can do. Um, so I think as as I get older, you know, I, I kind of like all right, this is this is what I'm not going to do. This is you know yeah. that's, that's for the 
for the young guys, but um, <laughs> just having fun with it, low rimming it, and then progressing it to bigger yeah. and bigger uh, rims. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna run with a sword in my hand. That's <laughs> one another, <laughs> and then we'll just see what happens. Yeah. Uh, the 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 one I've seen and, and I've seen it posted on uh, social media, and I think um, uh, some other interviews with you is the the double three the double between the legs yeah uh cr- crossing over twice uh that that's one you've been working on and you've got you've gotten it down but i i think up to this point uh to my knowledge you've not thrown it down in a, in a competition is that one you continue no. to try to master yeah so it's it's one that's you know you know one i'm going to continue i think my legacy i think when it's all said and done i want to do that in a contest um the 360 double is also a big one which is uh i've called it the impossible and that's kind of the shirt the do the impossible um those two are probably the ones that like i could see myself doing in a contest and saying you know what guys you know i, I, I did what i needed to do take your shirt yeah. off throw it I, in the ground yeah, just like yeah. that's it <laughs> That's it. I'm done. Um, so it's, it, it, that's kind of been my my motivation, mo- motivational force to kind of keep going and keep persisting because it's something that I truly believe like is possible. It's yeah. not one of those things that I'm saying just because it sounds good and it's like you know you're building. Like I really think I can do it. I really think people can do it, but I believe I can do it too. So it's like I'm willing to put myself through everything to get it done um, yeah. and, and want to get it done. So. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna keep working at it. Um, hopefully, it's this year. Uh, I say that every year, but hopefully, it's this year, <laughs> so I can do what you said. I'm gonna take my shirt off. And, and yeah, exactly. I would love you just disappear like Kaiser Sose. He's just like that's, that's it. He's gone. He's just out. How many dunks do you think you have in your bag? Like at any time, you just like you know rifle oh, through man. them. Like okay, I pull out this one. You know, on, on any given day, I, I I could probably throw down over fifty dunks. I think when you when you factor in like all the multiple variations off glass, off the side of the backboard, yeah, three sixty between the legs, more uh, behind the back windmill, just start putting. If you start putting those combinations together and just throw them in a like a blender, like yeah, there's there's I I could probably do a bunch of those. So, and then when you factor in like I can jump off a of one foot, I can jump off of two feet, I can do it off vert. So it's like you just multiply everything out. Sure. That's got to be incredibly fatiguing. I've seen some of the footage, and these are probably older competitions. Uh, some of the Dunk Demics videos, like you guys are throwing down like twenty dunks in probably a short period of time. Like you must just get incredibly tired. Yeah. So I think as as I get older, it's you know, just managing the amount of volume I jump in given sessions. So when I was when I was twenty six. I would just go out and dunk for three hours straight and it, yeah. it didn't matter. Um, we play pickup for like two hours and then I would dunk and then we play some more pickup and then I would dunk again. And I like, I don't like, I don't honestly looking back at those times, like I don't know how I did it. Um, but now it's like, all right, I, I will dunk and then I'm taking two days off. Yeah. <laughs> trying to recover. Um, so it, it, it's been a little different. Does some of that depend on how your knees feel on that day? Definitely. Um, my, my knee, even though, you know, I, I had a full recovery, everything feels good. It's still a day-to-day thing. There's days where I wake up and, and I remember when I first tore it and I would get, you know, swelling and pain mm-hmm. and like two days later it would rain. And I was like, Oh, that's a real thing. Like that, yeah. that really happens. Like I thought it's it talking was, to you. yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was a joke. So it's like, yeah. you know, now 
now it's like I just have to be more aware. And there's days where it's like um, I went to Utah for dunk camp. And dunk league was uh, the week after. So I, I purposely, uh, the first day of dunk uh, camp, I purposely overdunked because I wanted to see how my leg would um, handle all the volume. And the next day, like, my leg screamed at me in the morning, like, yeah, you idiot. You know, you, you, you did too much. Um, but it was, it was still kind of a nice thing to know, like, okay, like, you'll be okay. Um, you know, you gotta just stay off of it and, and you'll be able to, to, to get up and compete the next day if need be. So when I, when I went to dunk league, I, I definitely didn't jump unless I needed to. And I was able to, you know, go as far as I was and do what I did yeah. because I was a lot smarter with my body. Yeah. And this is a good lesson because I think we, we shoot to make everybody normal that that's what we try to shoot for but it's it's not always possible and, and actually a lot of times it's, it, it just doesn't work out that way but i think you're living proof that you can still be super functional and accomplish your goals uh with what we can accomplish in in the operating room and you know 100 percent normal it, it just may not be realistic but certainly um you know you, you're doing just fine it sounds like yeah <laughs> yeah yeah uh jonathan this has been great man thanks so much for coming on i really appreciated it um can we do five questions with jonathan clark jay clark the jumper let's do it all right let's do it okay question number one who is your favorite slam dunker of all time vince carter hands down vince carter uh yeah. is number one yeah yeah, and um, you said you had some sort of like little connection with him, right? On social media, he saw one of your dunks or something. Yeah. So um, I did a, I did a contest uh, in Latvia, and in the contest, I did uh, one of Vince Carter's his one of his signature dunks, the reverse three sixty windmill, and I did it off vert. Um, and it was something like I had been working on all summer, and I never like I never made it, but I got yeah. to the contest, and I was like, today is the day, and I actually did it, and he saw it. And he retweeted it and was like, oh, that was nice. And I was like, I was, I was like super hyped about that. Uh, so it's kind of cool. In that competition scenario, do, do you find that to be the case? Like the adrenaline's pumping, you're a little bit more juice, like you have a little bit more spring than you would w when you're like training? Oh, definitely. So when I, when I train a lot of times, if I'm, I like my, my training level of intensity is very different from competition level. Sure. Um, so I like I don't have to hit all of my dunks all the time in training to know that yeah. I'll have them in competition. Yeah. But um, you do have to be at at some some close. <laughs> yeah. You know, like there there are days where it's like I'm I'm doing terrible and it's like okay I'm don't try that in the contest because it's not gonna work. Right. There are times where it's like oh man I keep back rimming this so it's like okay I know when I get to the contest like it's gonna be there for me because I'm yeah. I'm there just something is off right now I just need I need that edge. Right. Um, but sometimes, yeah, for me, and, and I'm different because I, I will try dunks. Uh, like we've talked about this, I have that little little devil on my shoulder. Yeah, that's like, right. You go, you play it safe and win this contest, or you could try something crazy that no one's ever seen before and win, and then I miss the dunk and then I lose the contest. But like I, I'll, I, I'm happy to lose a contest trying something new um and going out on my own so. yeah you do you're doing it your way you're like you're like tim cup he could yeah. just you know drop the ball but he's got to hit it over the water 15 Definitely. times he <laughs> lose the tournament but he feels good about himself yeah uh <laughs> um 
what's your favorite what, what's your personal favorite dunk or do you have like a signature dunk that uh that, that you just love the most of of all of your kids that are you know that's probably how you feel about your dunks they're like your little kids like yeah which one's your favorite Jonathan's wall is my favorite because it's something that I invented. Um, I invented it season one of Dunk League, actually, um, and it won me $1,000. So it was kind of, like, really cool at the time. Like, I hadn't won $1,000 dunking yet, so it was, like, cool. Like, I had cash, and, and it was something, you know, it was dangerous, um, and it's, it's kind of a staple. Now it's something people always want to see when, when I'm in a contest, and, and typically – it's an automatic, you know, perfect score done correctly. And when I, when I do it really well, it's such a good feeling. Uh, yeah. just like, you know, it feels really good. Would well, describe that one to us. So Jonathan's wall, um, it kind of spun off of in the contest, it was a twist on a classic. So you take a classic dunk and you, you change it somehow to make it, make it uh, your own. Uh-huh. Um, so I took John wall when John wall did the double up X. So John wall jumped over the G man and reverse dunked it. So what I did was I took um, five people um, across this way and I jumped. So in order to jump them, I had to, I had to really kick my legs out and uh-huh. do a split over them. Um, so what I did, so it was, you know, the John wall dunk. My name is Jonathan. And I was like, Oh, that's Jonathan's wall. Um, so I just named it Jonathan's wall. And, um, you know, I came down uh, in the contest first time I attempted it, and I kicked the person on the end, like <laughs> as hard as I could in the back of the head. And I was like so scared and so nervous. Um, but the guy was like really hyped. He was like excited. He was like rubbing his head. He was like, "You got this! Like, do it again!" He's like, "Do it again!" So like, I was like really like nervous, but I ran. I grabbed it, reverse pumped it, dunked it really hard. I screamed. Everybody was hyped, and it was kind of funny because one of the guys who was in the wall, he came to me um, uh, last week uh, while we were at Dunk League Season 3. I was like, I didn't know that was your first time trying that. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I've never done that before. So it was like, it was kind of cool. Um, so, you know, it was one of those things, and, and, and I've played with, like, adding more people, and, and now I'm, like, trying to look at just different variations of that dunk, which is kind of like, cool to like start something and that just enhance it and make it even better what what's your approach on that so you you reverse it so you're coming from like underneath the basket yeah so like it's it's somewhere on the sideline underneath the basket okay it's like uh like i kind of put them and you can kind of play with it and that's something i'm going to play with this year as i like try to enhance it i'm going to come from different angles so like i want to try as weird as it sounds, I want to try a front facing one. And I'm thinking like, if I could take it, like if I could take it with one hand and then like use this hand as a counterbalance and kind of move my hands around, I could do a windmill over people, which would oh, yeah. be really cool. Um, there's one, um, and I, it's funny cause I was going to keep it a secret, but I was like, ah, people don't even do Jonathan's wall to begin with. I want to try to jump like facing forward and then jump backwards. So, I just have to figure out how to do it without kicking the person. So yeah. I'm gonna jump, like I'm gonna run full speed towards them, and then yeah. as, I, as I jump, I'm gonna turn my body towards them and take the ball with with um, your legs spread. Yeah, you're gonna so, be like a like Street Fighter. Like uh... yeah, I, was, I was thinking it had to be it had to it had to be some sort of kick in order for me to get my legs yeah. up like that. Right. Um, but the only problem is if I do miss, that's a full on like roundhouse yeah, exactly. to, somebody's, to somebody's hey man it's an effective move in street fighter 
<laughs> you should try out some of those high school kids that you got on your I list. Think, I think, like, yeah. Uh, Marcus, Sam, Josh. This is a good spot for you. <laughs> uh, man, yeah, that's, uh, I'm getting a visual of that. It's going to be awesome. Either way. <laughs> I was, was going to say either way. If it, if it goes well or if it doesn't, it's going yeah. to go viral. Um, okay. What are your favorite uh, shoes to dunk in? Um, right now I'm going to say hyper dunks and I want to say they're 2000, I think they're the 2017 hyper dunks. Yeah. Um, when I first started competing in contests, that was kind of like, I, I didn't get paid money. Like they would give me shoes and that was okay. kind of a shoe I really liked. Yeah. Um, and when I started competing, even when I kind of like, as the years passed, I would, like, try to go find them on eBay and, and buy those and compete in them. I just competed in, uh, like, Dunk League. I wore Hyper Dunks. And yeah. for uh, Dunk Camp, I, I dunked in the Hyper Dunks. Yeah. They're a lighter shoe, right? They're, um, you, you probably prefer, I'm, I'm guessing, like, a lighter shoe. You're probably not, like, yeah. want, yeah, so want to wear, like, LeBron shoes. Those are no, pretty, so pretty I, heavy. No, so I've tried to dunk in LeBron's, and it's, like, not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not the most ideal situation. Yeah. Those extra few ounces make a huge difference, I would, yes. I would imagine, for, for you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. You've traveled the world. We've mentioned Paris, New York, doing these various competitions. What, what's what been one of your favorite locations, uh, one, one you enjoy going back to over and over again? Uh, Utah. Salt Lake City, Utah has always been, been an amazing experience. Dunk camp. Um, it's it's an environment where it's, it's you know, they call it uh, – Disneyland for dunkers. Um, oh yeah, they've done they've done it. We've done it three years. Um, yeah, uh, last year we did a virtual dunk camp, which was still fun. Um, but the three years that we've done it in person, it's just amazing camaraderie. Watching you know people go to get their first dunk, people go to learn techniques. Some of the best dunkers show up, and uh, there's a dunk show at the end, and it's always been you know extremely crazy. Uh, you know the the pace is pushed. I actually. Uh, this year, uh, they built a cut lifetime uh, fitness built a uh, or lifetime hoops built a uh, custom rim that went up to twelve feet five inches. So we raised oh, it wow. to we raised it to eleven feet, and I jumped uh, from vertical stand uh, eleven feet off vert, which is a world record. So that oh, was wow. really, that was really fun. Um, and they said the the hoop is in Utah whenever I want to use it. So. Um, it, it is definitely a plan of mine at some point to go and, and break the uh, the twelve foot uh, barrier and go over twelve feet on, on a dunk. How easy are you getting it down on eleven feet? Uh, all vertical. Um, it, it took a couple of attempts. Um, from from a running standpoint, um, I'd probably say I can make it like seven times out of ten. Uh, I got a three sixty in too from from. Uh, <laughs> Oh my god! From eleven feet, so like I, I, I'm pretty confident in big, big rims. I, I like to raise my rim outside my house, yeah, all the time past ten feet to just kind of like really get good at, you know, jumping on the higher rims. And I think, I think that's going to be one of the bigger focuses that I'm, I, I get at this year because I don't know how many more years I have of, of getting, you know, that high off the ground. Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, uh, you know, you're a young guy in your thirties. Uh, but that said to try to add an additional foot to get up to 12, I mean, 
how are you going to train your body to, to gain that extra spring? Oh, so, so my, my personal best is 11, eight. Um, oh, wow. Okay. All right. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm five inches away from my goal, okay. which is still a lot. Yeah. It, it's not, it's yeah. definitely not an easy feat. I think, I think a couple factors that I, that I would look at is one location. So I did it at Venice beach, which was kind of sea level and it was outdoor. Yeah. Um, if, if, when I do set it up, it has to be indoor. The The conditions have to be more than ideal. Yeah. Um, Utah is definitely at altitude. So that does have a little bit of an effect. So I mm. think with those things, I could, I could probably squeak three inches right there with those, yeah. those factors. And then now it's just like, I have to come up with two more inches, yeah. um, which is, you know, just going to be hard work, hard, hard yeah. work. I think, um, you know, last year, I was in a good spot. The knee wasn't fully there, but the strength was there. I, you know, I squat over 500 pounds. Yeah. Um, and if I continue to get my strength up and keep my weight down, I should be in a good spot to, to make it happen. You just got to fly up to the moon and then you'd be all good. Oh, I'm for sure. I'm for sure <laughs> knocked out there. I'll ask Elon to hook me up. All right. Question number five with Jay Clark, the jumper. You're the Bullard high school track coach. This is your first year. Where's that track team going to be in five years? Five years, man. We are going to be one of the premier teams in the Valley. Um, I would love to say we, you know, we're going to be defending our state title. Yeah, for sure. Um, you will. <laughs> more, than, more than anything, we're, we're going to be, we're going to be a team that, you know, understands uh, the value of hard work, uh, understands how to do it right. And, you know, we're going to be a team that, um is competitive because we're doing all the right things the right way and if you step out of line you're gonna get dunked on and oh, yeah, embarrassed because like, <laughs> it's going on tiktok it's going on instagram it's going we'll on twitter it everywhere. <laughs> all right jonathan clark, jonathan clark jay clark jumper thanks so much again for coming on uh you know it, it's kind of silly to say best of luck for uh the competition um uh, that that's going to air in November. Um, I'll you. But because uh, you probably already know the outcome, but we'll be pulling for you. Um, w- would you come back on afterwards to talk about, you know, kind of kind of recap the experience and, and uh, you know, t- tell us, you know, what it was like to live these last few months being tight-lipped, having to, having to keep secrets. <laughs> definitely. I, I definitely will. Um, no, it's I, – I'm really excited to see it come out. I'm, I'm excited yeah. to see – everything so yeah I'll, I'll definitely be back and we can definitely uh chop it up after the competition Did, does your wife know what happened oh uh, yeah she does okay I, okay I, I told her like they i don't know what the what the rules were but i was i wasn't not gonna tell her she was kind of she gotcha. kind of got the she got the play-by-play as as the competition was going so yeah yeah <laughs> i mean you you think you're on di- dishes duty try, oh, yeah. try keeping that from her and see what happens oh definitely <laughs> all right my friend good to see you I'll see you around the basketball course around Central Valley. Definitely. Thanks for tuning in. Everybody have a good night. Goodbye. Hey, folks. Thanks for tuning in. If you like the show, please subscribe, like, and share. And we'd love to hear from you. If you have a question about today's show or you, a loved one, or maybe your favorite athlete has sustained a sports medicine injury that you would like to know more about, please reach out to us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or email. And stay tuned for more exciting content from the Sports Medicine Orthopod. Thanks again.